Welcome to the Epiphany Movement Podcast. To learn more about the Epiphany Movement, visit us online at epiphanymovement.com. Thank you for tuning in, and we hope you enjoyed today's talk from Pastor Drake Nelson. I want to warn everybody this morning, okay? So warning is out there. All right. Unless you are just like a Bible nerd, unless you are a Bible nerd, today's sermon may be like the most boring sermon you've ever heard. So stick to it, because at the end, there's an application that I'm so excited about. But you'll never get to the application unless you stick through the nerdy stuff. Uh, okay, well, so if you stick through that, then the application, it can be very beautiful. So I, I'm excited about that, but I just want to warn you, unless you're just extreme Bible nerd, and just like, oh, okay, I don't understand this. But what did we talk about last two weeks? We talked about Jesus, remember? And we talked about if you want to learn about Jesus, you need to turn in your Bibles to what? The Gospels. Yeah, very good. And the Gospels are Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. But Matthew, Mark, and Luke are called the synoptic problems. Now, that sounds like a, a scary word, doesn't it, Asher? It's like a synoptic? Like, what does that mean? All it means is similar. It means those three Gospels are similar, right? And, but John, John is very, very, very different than the synoptic Gospels. It's actually 90% different. 90% different. So that scares you. You're like, oh, how can a gospel be that much different? Well, John actually, like, he, he's like, okay, this is okay. Here's how he concludes his gospel. He says, look, if I was to take all the paper in the world and I was to write all the stories about Jesus, I would not have enough paper to write all the stories about Jesus. So he concludes saying, Jesus did a lot. I just picked different stuff than Matthew, Mark, and Luke did so I could give you an entire picture of the gospel presentation. Does that make some sense? And so Matthew, Mark, and Luke are all similar. John, John has a lot of difference, 9% different. But if you look at Jesus' ministry, here's what you discover. You discover that most of the miracles that Jesus did, name me a miracle, somebody. Jesus feeds the what? 5,000. Jesus heal, hears the, heals the person that could not hear, which is called a deaf person. Yeah. Jesus gives sight to the blind. Yeah, very good. Jesus walks on the... All these miracles that you've just named. Jesus heals Peter's mother and mother-in-law. Very good. Okay, yeah. Okay, so all these miracles that we just named, and then we could go on and on, they take place at the beginning of Jesus' ministry. So you're like, I don't understand that. That doesn't make any sense to me. Well, sure it does. Sure it does. Because if you want to teach somebody something, Miss Amy, if you want to teach someone how to cut hair, when you teach them how to cut hair, you're going to say what? You're going to say, well, I've been cutting hair for how many years? 19 years. I've been cutting hair for 19. I can cut, I can cut any style you want to. I can cut it left-handed, right-handed, blindfolded, behind the back. It don't matter. I can do it all, you know? I can cut some hair. So you've given your credentials, right? You've given your authority. Now you step in and say, okay, well, this is how you do it. You blah, 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 blah. I don't know how to cut hair. But you get what I'm saying? Everybody does this when they're trying to teach someone how to do something. 
Jesus was no different. He said, this is my authority. I can do these miracles, obviously from God. Now that I've showed you my authority, I want to teach you what I have to teach you. And so the second half of Jesus' ministry has most of his teachings. If you look in the Gospels, if you want to really see what Jesus taught, go to the latter half of the Gospels, okay? That's when you really find what Jesus taught. But here's what's crazy, okay? Here's what's crazy. It's that after now, here's what you got. Really pay attention because we're about to get nerdy. You're going to be like, oh my gosh, like, come on with the points, right? Okay, here it is. Stick to it. After Jesus died, rose again, and then returned to heaven, guess how many disciples he had? He had about 11, plus a couple of women, plus some other followers. It was a very small set. Of Christians. A very small set. And Jesus commissioned them with this task. Here's what I want you to do. When I send the Holy Spirit, I want you to take the gospel to the ends of the world. That's your goal. So how in the world were they supposed to, just 12, 11, 11 disciples, some women and some other followers, how are they supposed to do it? I don't know. I really don't. But they did it, and in the next hundred years, Christianity took over the world. So when you think about people who took it to the ends of the world, of the world, who do you think of? You think of people like who? Who said that? Did you say that, Mr. Bill? Yes. That's who you think of. I mean, I would say that would probably be the number one guy that we think of when we think of a disciple who took the, the gospel to the ends of the world. The number one person that we think is probably Paul. Yeah, very good. So when we think about Paul, that's who we're going to talk about today. We also know Peter took it. We also know Thomas and James took it to the ends of the world. But the number one person that we think of probably is exactly like you said, it's probably Paul. Look at what he said. I don't know if our projector is going to work this morning, but um, yeah. Here's what he said. In Romans 15, chapter 22, he said this. My ambition, Paul talking, has always been to preach the good news where the name of Christ has never been preached before. So Paul's ambition was to take the gospel to everywhere that had not heard it before. All right? So then, what did Paul do? Paul took three missionaries' journeys. These are what summarizes his life. Paul's life is summarized in three trips that he took. Now, what's a little bit of the backstory about Paul's life? Well, first we know this. We know that Paul was from a town called Tarsus. Tarsus in Cilicia. And Tarsus was an amazing town. But Saul, his name is Paul, but before he was born, Saul. And when he was born, who was he named after? He was named after his great, 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 great grandfather, which was King Saul. Yes, very good. He was named after the first king of Israel, King Saul. And so now Saul grows up in a family. We know that he had one sister. And his sister at least had one kid because Paul's nephew actually saved his life one time. And we, we asked, well, what was his family like? What did his dad do? Um, I, I'll ask you this. Mr. David, what does your dad do? You know, any, any idea? Well, does he, did he work on houses? Did he? Okay, very good. 
Okay, so uh, I use a perfect example. That's so good, okay? So you work on houses, but your dad also works on houses. Well, Paul probably was the same way. Do you know what Paul's job was? He was a what? A tent maker. Very good. So probably, what was Paul's father? He was probably a tent maker, okay? There's one other option. He could have been a Roman soldier. Do you know why? Because Paul had Roman citizenship. And the only way that you get Roman citizenship by birth is to be born into a family who is already a Roman citizen. So his dad could have been a Roman soldier, thus giving him Roman citizenship. Or, or because he was a tent maker, he could have been born in Tarsus. And since he was born in Tarsus, he would have had citizenship just because he was born in a Roman colony. Does that make sense? Now, where would have... He'd been educated. Where would he have been educated? I need to be educated. Where would he have been educated? Now, when we think about the most prestigious school in America, where do we think? We think Mississippi State. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, maybe not. Okay, but yeah, very good, very good. We think of somewhere like Princeton or Yale or even Brown. When we think about the entire world, we may think somewhere like Cambridge. Cambridge or Oxford, right? That may be where we think. Back then, where was the school to go to? No, it was not Ole Miss, Jeremy. It was not Ole Miss. Where was the school to go to? It was the school of, you may have seen pictures of this, school of Athens. The school of Athens. People like Plato and Socrates would teach here at the school of Athens. But a lot of people don't know this. Get this, y'all. This is about to be so cool. I'm going to take my jacket off because I'm going to get excited. Like, I am, like, I do nerd. I, I, I am a nerd about these things. Guess what, okay? The second biggest school in the entire world was in Paul's backyard in Tarsus. Was the second biggest school. So Paul would have been educated by some amazing people. Every time Paul would talk to people. That would be like, what in the world? You're super, super smart. You can speak Aramaic. You can speak Greek. You can speak Hebrew. You can speak Egyptian. You can speak Gothic. You can speak all these different languages. And Paul's like, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm pretty smart, you know. But at the age of 14, guess where he would go? He would leave the public school and go to the private school. Does anybody know what that private school was? It was the school in Jerusalem. He would study the Torah, which are the first five books. He would study Judaism. He would memorize the entire Old Testament. That's impressive. Like that, that's impressive, okay? You say, how do you know he memorized the entire Old Testament? And I would say, I don't. I really, I don't. But most of all the Jewish scholars and the rabbis at least, at least memorized the first five books of the Bible, which I dare to try to do in the next, I don't know, lifetime. First five books of the Bible, he memorized them all. That was just the basic. But he said, what does he say? He says in his writings, I was a Pharisee of the Pharisee. I was zealous. So he could have memorized, as a lot of people did, the entire Old Testament. That would have been incredible. He studied from the age of 14 to 21 under Gamaliel, in the school, that would be like saying I studied under Billy Graham, right? In Jerusalem. And then what would he do? 
He would go back to where? He would go back home to Tarsus. Now, let me ask you this. If Paul was born in Tarsus, where was Jesus born? Bethlehem. Yeah, very good, very good. Now, they were born at about the same time. I'll tell you why this is important. They were born at about the same time. So when Jesus' ministry would have been booming, Paul would have been elsewhere in Tarsus. But after he came back, Jesus had already been killed. Now these Christians, these followers of the way, would have been like really kind of coming on the scene and start to like minister to people and to take their religion elsewhere. And so Paul, being young, being smart, being ready to prove himself, what does he want to do? He says, these people are coming up against what I've spent the last like 10 years of my life studying. I'm going to go against them. I'm going to take them all to jail and I'll even kill them. So Paul, Paul's zeal is what he calls it. His zeal was to come against the church and to fight the church. Why? Because he was a Pharisee of the Pharisee. He was a Jew of the Jew. He calls it the Hebrew of Hebrews. As for the law, he says, blameless. As for zeal, top of his class. As for smartness, educated more than anyone else under Gamaliel. He says that he was it. He was ready. And then as he's going... To persecute the church. He has an encounter with Jesus. And here it happens, okay? Um, imagine that you are dropped. Who, who is a bad driver? Does anybody want to just raise their hand and say, I'm a pretty bad driver? Nobody wants to. I saw Mr. Shammy just went and I looked at Becky and was like, oh, yeah, okay, okay. Oh, uh, okay. Well, we'll pick on you, Mr. Shammy, okay? Let's say you're driving, okay? I see you have glasses on. <laughs> I got you. And what if your glasses fogged up or broke and you couldn't see and you were trying to drive? You're like, I cannot see anything. That would probably not be so good for you or anybody else on the road, right? Okay. This is exactly what happened to Paul. He's walking on the road to Damascus, going to persecute Christians, and what happens? He becomes blind, can't see anything. And then Jesus speaks to him, and what does Jesus say? Get this. He says, Paul, Paul, why are you persecuting those Christians? Does he say that? No, but I do have some Bible nerds out there. Very good. I like this. I like this. What does he say? Jesus says, Paul, Paul, why are you persecuting me? A.K.A. Jesus identifies with his followers. So when you are persecuted, when someone comes against you for sharing your faith or for stepping out there or for being different, which you should be, when someone persecutes you, just know, hey, guess who they hated before they hated me? Jesus. Jesus is identifying with all the Christians. And so Paul goes and he finds this dude named Ananias. And as he finds Ananias, Ananias heals him. He can see now, what to do? And here's what he does for the rest of his life. Check this out. I, I cannot make this any clearer, okay? He starts to take missionary journeys and going all around the world the gospel has not went and telling people about Jesus. But there's a problem. Is that some people, Mr. Matt, hate him. I mean, like, absolutely hate him. And some people love it. I'll give you an example. Look at this next verse. This comes from uh, Acts 14, 
verses 1 and 2. It's going to go all the way through chapter, uh, verse 8, so we'll just read it. If you have the Bibles and you want to turn there, you can, but I'll read it if you don't. Here it goes. Acts 14, verses 1 and 2. I'm going to keep reading through all the way through 8. The same thing happened in Iconium. Now, here's this is if you want to learn about uh, Paul's life, go read Acts. Start in Acts chapter 8, verse 1, if you're taking notes. Go all the way to the last chapter of Acts, which is Acts 28. Okay? Those 20 cha- chapters. Oh gosh. Tell me about Paul's life. Okay. Here is this. <clears throat> the same thing happened at Iconium. Paul and Barnabas went to the Jewish synagogue and preached with such power, such zeal, that a great number of both Jews, everybody say both Jews and Greeks, Jews and Greeks, became believers. Some of the Jews, however, spurned God's message and poisoned the minds of the Gentiles against Paul and Barnabas. Now, who is Barnabas? Barnabas is like his best friend. It's like his sidekick. Been with him for five years now when this is being wrote. Barnabas and Paul, like this. Oh, let's get to the next verse. It says this. Everybody, give Mr. Dennis a hand, by the way. Mr. Dennis, you're doing awesome. Yes, very good. But the apostles stayed there a long time. Now, who are the apostles? That's Paul and Barnabas. They're calling themselves apostles. Stayed there a long time. Preaching boldly about the grace of the Lord. And the Lord proved their message was true by giving them the power to do miraculous signs. Remember how I told you, authority, and then you tell them what you need to tell them. So they're going to prove it by miraculous signs and wonders. But the people of the town were divided in their opinion about them. Now, get this. Paul, he could do such cool miracles that if he touched a handkerchief, why did I just say it like that? A handkerchief, uh, I don't know, a handkerchief. It's an issue. I don't know. Yeah, that, that. Okay, I, 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 yeah, if he touched that, then, and then you touched it, guess what? You would be healed. If he touched this jacket, and then you put this jacket on, you would be healed. That's how amazing miracles Paul would do. And get this. And some sided with the Jews, and some with the apostles. On to verse 5, Mr. Dennis. Then a mob. Then a mob of Gentiles and Jews, along with their leaders, decided to attack and stone them. When the apostles learned of it, here's what they did. They fled to the region of Laconia, to the towns of Lystra and Derbe and the surrounding area, and there they preached the good news. So from right here, here's what's happened. They preached, and what did they want to do? They wanted to stone them. Do you see this? Now let's go to the next verse. Get this. Here's 11 through 13. It's another story, another story. They moved to uh, Lystra and Derby, and here's what happens. When the crowd saw what Paul had done, he had just done a miracle, they shouted in their local dialect, which I don't know what it was, but here's what they said. These men are gods in human form. They decided that Barnabas was the Greek god Zeus, woe, and that Paul was Hermes since he was the chief Speaker. Now, do you remember how I was telling you earlier that I was reading Acts chapter 15 and I didn't really understand a lot was happening? I meant to say Acts chapter 14. So I opened this up, right? And I said, let me find out about Hermes. And I learned that Hermes was the Greek god who, like, was the orator. So, like, if anybody was, like, a philosopher or a speaker, they would call them Hermes. So Paul must have been a pretty decent speaker. And here's what happened. 
They thought that he was Hermes. Now the temple of Zeus, verse 13, was located just outside the town. So the priests of the temple and the crowd brought bulls and wreaths of flowers to the town gate. And they prepared sacrifices to the apostles. So all in Paul's missionary journey, here's what we have. We have people saying, Paul, you stink. We're about to stone you. Or, or we have, Paul, you're awesome. You're like a god. Like, you are amazing, bro. And he goes from town to town. Now, if you are asleep, wake up. Because here's the application, okay? Here's the application that I really want you to get. As Paul would go from town to town, here's what he would always struggle with. Guess how long he would say to town? About two weeks. Sometimes he would stay two months. Occasionally he would stay for two years. Occasionally. Three times. As he went from town to town, he would have to speak, give the gospel. But guess what he had to do, Mrs. Melanie? He had to go to the next town. And time and time again, he was leaving his friends. Leaving the people that he loved. And as he would do this, his heart would be broken. So what did he do? Now I want to tell you what he did. I want to tell you what he did. He left them all with a spiritual gift. He left them all and understood that they had a spiritual gift. And he would appoint them as leaders. Y'all don't understand how cool this is, okay? Okay. So I, I thought of a good example just now so that you can understand how cool this is. Okay, imagine, uh, Miss Amy and Mr. Matt, that you have Walt and Ray. Who's older? Who's older? Which one? Okay, Ray. Ray, you're older, okay? And imagine that you have to leave. You've been with them for how many years? Uh, how old are they? Six? Eight? Okay, you've been with them for eight years, right? Seven years, okay? But now we got to go for like a month. We'll be back. But we gotta go for a month. And imagine you had to leave Ray in charge of Walt. Right? Yeah. Like what, what in the world? Okay, this is the same thing that Paul was dealing with. I have to leave them in charge. They don't even know. They, they haven't even been a Christian. They haven't even been saying like what I do. I haven't even told them about the, the Torah. I haven't even told them about the law. I haven't even told them about all this knowledge that I have. How are they how are they gonna serve Jesus? How are they gonna love Jesus? But now I have to leave because they got to go somewhere where the gospel's never been before. How am I going to leave them? And he would leave them by asking them, hey, what's your spiritual gift? 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 And they would tell him, he said, okay, I'm going to put you in charge of something. I'm going to put you in charge of something. I'm going to put you in charge of something. Now, let me ask a question. What's your spiritual gift? What's your spiritual gift? What's your spiritual gift? What's your spiritual gift? And let's say, we may not know. You may not know. We may not know. Alright, so here's what I've done. Look in your package, and when you see a little package, now we start making sense of the sermon. The first thing that you have is going to be a black piece of paper with a little map on it. And that map is a map of everywhere that Paul took a missionary journey. I just wanted to give that to you, okay? Actually, I just copied it from my Bible, but it, that's where Paul went, okay? The, the purple is his first, the green is his second, and the red is his third missionary journey that he took. 
if you ever want to just look at that. I mean, I would say read the book of Acts, 8 through 28, okay? And read it with this sitting there right beside and look at all the towns. It's so cool. It's, it's, Acts is, I love Acts. It's so good, okay? It's so good. But here's the last two pieces of paper. I want you to get these out. I want you to take a look at them, okay? It's a, it's a list compiled of 66 questions. 66 questions. And I'll, I'll, I'll read a couple. I like organizing services and events. Okay? Is that true or not? I enjoy starting new churches. Number three, working with my hands is fun for me. And all your homework for the next week is going to be, you're like, you're giving me homework, this is not school. Okay, you don't have to do it. But if you read these 66 and you just label them, you can say one, almost never, two, seldom, three, sometimes, four, and then five, almost always. And right, and don't think about it too much. Just whatever comes to your head. Like whatever comes to your head. I like organizing services and events. Never. Okay. One. All right. Number five. I pray for the laws daily. Okay. Sometimes. Three. Put it down. All right. Whatever comes to your mind. And go through these this week. Every single one. All the way through 66. And fill them out. One, two, three, four, or five. They're right here in a row. And here's what I want you to do. Wednesday, if you come and you have it already filled out, I want you to bring it with you. Okay, Wednesday, I want you to bring it with you. If you don't come on Wednesdays, I would invite you, hey, come on Wednesdays. We're talking about Muslim theology and what they believe. We talked about Buddha last week. I think you would learn something cool. But if you don't come on Wednesdays, that's okay too. Bring it next Sunday. And here's what we're going to do. We're going to discover what your spiritual gift is. What your spiritual gift is. And so I'll go, I'll do the work for you. I'll mark them all out. I'll total them up for you. And I'll figure out, hey, these are your top three spiritual gifts. And I'll let you know. Or I'll give you a piece of paper back. All right? I try to make it as easy for you as I could. All you have to do is fill them out and I'll do the rest. That way you can know, this is where I'm gifted. This is where God has given me an ability. Okay? All right. Good deal. Good deal. So... What are we going to do? What are we going to do? Hopefully this week we're going to read some of the acts, but for sure we're going to take a look at these pieces of paper, fill them out, and then hopefully bring them back Wednesday or bring them back Sunday. All to understand what? Understand the New Testament better. We're trying to learn about Paul. We're trying to learn about Paul and in his life. Here's what I would encourage you to do, okay? I would encourage you to be sure that you don't miss next Sunday because we're going to take what we learned today and then we're going to dive deeper next Sunday, but we're going to do it in a way that we ask about your conscience. Ask about your conscience. What do you do when the Bible doesn't tell you who to marry, what job to get, where to go? What do you do when the Bible doesn't say? It's the biggest problem that Paul faced. We're going to talk about it. We're going to learn about it. Don't miss next Sunday.